Stay tuned now for Pomo Perspective. Listen to the voices of the First Nations. Mm-hmm. Listen to the voices of the First Nations. Calling out the messages of the earth and sky. Telling us what we need to know in order to survive. Listen to the voices of the First Nations. Listen to the voices of the old women. Listen to the voices of the old women. Calling out the messages of the moon and sea. Telling us what we need to know in order to be free. Listen to the voices of the old women. Listen to the voices of the young children. Listen to the voices of the young children. Calling out the messages of the heart and soul. Telling us what we used to know before the lies were told. Listen to the voices of the young children. (laughs) And good morning. This is Alicia Bales live in the Ukiah studio. And this is Pomo Perspective in the studio are Priscilla Hunter and Polly Gervin, elders of the Coyote Valley Band of Pomo Indians. Welcome this morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Um, so this is Pomo Perspective. So it is an hour for you to give your perspective and talk about what's happening in Pomo country. Uh, you've got a lot of news coming yeah. from your work at Jackson Demonstration State Forest. So I'll just turn it over to you. Okay. Um, good morning. It's a, That was a beautiful song, you know. Um, Holly Near is saying a song to me on one of my birthdays, so that was really great years ago. Um, it just really touches my heart, I tell you. Um, to begin with, with the Jackson um, State Forest, right, demonstration, and it's like what they're demonstrating is um, how to cut the trees down and destroy our cultural sites, you know, and continue to do them. Um, so it's that's what I see. You know, I, I don't see any other type of demonstrations other than figure out how many trees they can cut down. Um, so it's really um, um, Cal Fire. We're we're trying to say not Cal Fire Fire anymore. We're saying California Department of Forestry. Department of Forestry, because saying Cal Fire makes it sound like um, 
were against um, um, not preventing the forest to be burnt out, right? So um, we need to take a look at uh, all that because I think Cal Fire has a conflict, you know, uh, because um, that's how they, in the state, both have a conflict, I think, all around, because what they seem to be all about is um, cutting trees down and leaving the debris all all around after they cut. It looks like a clear cut. And then um, they're making decisions, them and the state, um, have a deal with the uh, logging company to um, cut trees down so that they can make money. Um, and I can't understand why they would be cutting now and the giving the approval to cut because of the fire hazards. You know, I've been told that um, just weed whacking um, can, can cause a fire. Just a spark. It just happened at our area across from the, um, the casino. And at 101, um, we understand that it started from, they were, they were trying to cut the, uh, dry grass down, from what I understood. And then that sparked the fire. And it was really went up, was going pretty fast. And we're thankful that, um, the, um, airplanes and the fire department and all the, um, community raised to the occasion to stop that because it was going. Um, so I can't understand why they would be cutting way out in the mountains when when there's water drought, um, dry trees, dry everything, and um, but they want to go out and just cut. I don't understand that one. And if they can explain it uh, to me, you know, and and um, let's have a discussion on that and see what kind of answers they have for us that they can ensure that none of their equipment or people out there can um, keep us safe from a fire. Because I'm telling you, there's a lot of debris out there just laying around from years, I believe, what I've been told. So, um, it's, um, I don't understand why, uh, more of the community in the state, especially, is letting this happen. Um, because they say the big trees, um, um, help it not burn that fast. That's even the, um, the, the staff from the um, department, um, forestry department, told me that because I asked them, well, I heard that um, when they're the big trees, um, they don't burn that fast. And I, I looked at him and he goes, well, yeah, because of the bark and all that, it doesn't burn that fast. So how can they be telling us 
this is all fire pre- prevention. How is that? You know, I don't know. Uh, it's doesn't feel. I mean, it's not. I mean, they're using this demonstration um, force um, as a as a um, cutting trees down. I mean, we need to take a look at, um, and we've been trying to get all the documents to see, you know, their whole plan. And their whole plan was was developed when? I mean, a while back, right? The management plan and... Well, the Forest Practice Act was 1973. Clearly, the Indian tribes were not at the table. Merely the archaeologists and the timber uh, industry crafted the Forest Practice Act. It's very clear in its legislative history. And it's not looking at the um, climate change and all the um, things that we've been talking about for years. Um, And... You know, the governor talked about, you know, um, going, what was that, 30? 30 by 30 carbon sequestration initiative. It's an international initiative. Yeah, so he's talking like that. So, And then he's also talking about, um, um, what is it called? Uh, Truth and Healing Commission he established in the past year. Uh, to bring reparation to Indian nations so poorly treated by California's state history. So, you know, we're we're looking at that, and the one of the um, tribal liaison uh, from the department um, told us when we were sitting there. Um, he said, "That's why we're here. Uh, we're, we want we want to hear from you and." Uh, it's what you want and and all that, right? I'm like, okay, let's get a recording of that one. <laughs> you know? Was that on this this last week, last Tuesday? Yeah, I mean, he said he said that twice to us. So, you know, and 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 what the um, what our tribe is saying is that we prefer no cutting. Um, you know that. There's no cutting, and we would like to have. Um, there's a lot of cultural sites out there, and and what they do is they measure the cultural sites, you know, as big as they want to. Not, I mean, is that okay? Oh, as as big as they want to, and um, they don't. So they have all these small. Um, cultural sites out there that they decided how big it was right now and um, so um, and we're saying hey our sites aren't um, like um, a lot of the housing going on where your land is um, just what as big as your house, you know, I mean, it gets smaller and smaller, right? The landscape and how much land you have and for your house. So that's the way they measure it. Like the, like the new days right now is 
how big your house is and how much acreage you have there. And it gets smaller and smaller. And that's the way they look at it. And it depends on what they find, right? If they find a more, more artifacts that are more sensitive, and then um, they'll go do a buffer of 20 feet maybe. And that's where they, they do the village and then they say, well, we'll, we'll give a buffer where, um, um, depending what you found. So it could be 20 feet, it could be 30, it could be, I mean, it's up to them, you know? And, um, but yet, they don't look at the roads they put in to get to that site. So on a lot of the sites, you know, the couple that we have seen were destroyed. By the roads. By the roads. But they don't look at as that a site. So they they went in and wherever they built roads, they just did it. So then there's a lot of roads out there, you know, a lot of different roads. So. And then this one site, um, I'll get to the site thing, and then I wanted to go back to the meeting we had last Tuesday. So um, this one site, they said it's three acres, right? And I was like, wow. But yet, part of that three acres, they built a road in it already, right? Um, in between, they went right in the middle of the site, and he was—they were really proud how they found it, you know. And I'm like, I mean, they—they were really proud of it, right? I mean, they were like, "Oh, we do this, and we found it over here," right? Okay. Um, and then they said, "Well, we put an arrowhead or something, in the site to." Protect it, right? They left it there. And and left it there. And he came back. I can, you know, there's the arrowhead, and he, they're looking all over for it. They couldn't find it. I was like, oh, well, okay. <laughs> you know, no arrowhead. Anyway, um, they're all scattered around there looking for it. Um, but as I, we were leaving, they said it's going to be protected, that side, right? And then I was looking at these there's about five big trees, redwood trees, right in the middle of the site. And I said, well, what about these trees? Are They're saying, we're going to protect the site, protect the site. And I said, well, what about um, these trees over here? They're in the site. Are they going to be protected? Well, we can't say they will because it's up to the next administration, whether you're going to cut them down or not. So you're going to protect the site, but then you're going to cut all five of those trees eventually. And you're protecting the site? You know, that's not protection of the site. You know, I mean, come on. I mean, um, I mean, they took us out there to show us one site, and shoot, they already scraped the ground for roads already. 
Imagine that. I'm like sitting in the dirt road, sitting down there, and they're showing us, um, they're showing us, um, oh, how we're going to make it better or whatever, you know. And we're like, well, we want a, a, a monitor out here. Oh, well, we don't know if we can do that. Um, you know, that type of thing. It, well, it doesn't look like it needs one. Tribal monitor, right? Paid by them. You know, um, that's what they don't want to do, but, you know, we've got to watch out when they're paid by them, too, so it could be a conflict. So, um, anyway, there was a couple of um, sites, but we were really anxious to um, see the... Um, Casper 500. Casper 500. Is it 500? Okay, we were really anxious to to see that. So last Tuesday, and that's what we told him, we want to go there first. That's where we want to go. And then we drove over in the morning. We're never doing that again, you know. And then try to drive back and all that stuff. And um, so we got there and um, we were told we were going to have a prayer circle, right? What's the matter with that prayer circle? And um, so I brought it up because I wanted to let them know. Then they can't say, well, you didn't tell us that, Priscilla. And I didn't see it as a big deal. I mean, come on. What's the prayer going to do? Anyway, they wiggled around in their chairs and um, um, and I, and I brought that up, and they were like, "Well, um, yeah, we heard about it. They said that we were going to have a rally and all this stuff." And I said, "It's not a rally. It's just we haven't been able to come to the front of a a site or a, a harvest plan and." do our prayers, you know, and ceremony that we needed to do. And we felt that that would be a good place to do that. And um, and they were like, oh, we can't do that. And I'm like, why? And I said, well, it could take too much time. I said, that's okay, you know. And then the the... What's his name? Kevin Conway. What did you say they, he was? Conway. He has taken over Mike Powers' position as forest manager out there at Jackson Demonstration But Forest. I mean, Conway has a plan or what? Oh, a con man with a con plan? <laughs> yeah, that, that's <laughs> I the throw that adage in. I came up with but, after the event. Anyway, um, so he was there in a tribal liaison was I mean, they had five people there, right? I don't know. They, had, they wanted to outnumber us, I guess. But anyway, um, so they were saying, well, we heard that the ones that are for the cutting may be out there, and then they'd be having a confrontation out there and all that stuff. I was like, oh, I never heard that. And you get that's what they said. They didn't want to be in the middle of that. They didn't want to look like that we were on 
the tribe was on the for, forestry, um, I'm going to call them the forestry um, department, um, um, was on our side. I mean, hey, you were having a council, well, it's not a consultation session. It's a committee from our tribe to consultation to to go over the cultural sites. So it wasn't a designated. It's a it was a meeting with the subcommittee. So um, they didn't want to. I mean, they were having a meeting with us. So and it, and it was known. So just doing a prayer with us, and um, I mean, they can. They can just they can go in and stand to the side or wherever you know that's what we said. Well, they're giving us all kind of reasons, and um, then they said, "Well, we can go this other place um, first instead of Casper," and that was their idea, and um, and then and wait until they um, scatter, you know, the ones that were there. And um, so I said, well, the thing is, I'm going, we said we want to go to Casper. So we're going to Casper first. And they said, well, we can meet you over this other place. That was their idea. You know, I was like, we'll see, you know, um, after you insulted us here. I mean, come on, give me a break. You know, it was a meeting we set up. We set it up, and that's where we wanted to meet. And they were made, and they're the, they're the, you know, uh, thought they were just uh, decision makers, I guess. You know, just because they said, well, well, we'll do this other thing, and then you, then you meet us. I didn't say yes, we will. You know, I said, well, we'll see. We're going to go out and have this prayer. No, um, but I felt insulted. You know, they didn't trust us, and um, saying that nothing will happen. Um, we weren't going to have a big old protest, you know. Um, so, what? What do you think? You know, what? What do you think? would happen. And then when I rode back, I mean rode to Casper, I I felt really insulted then. I was I mean I felt it then too cuz I used all my my um skills to um go to, you know, Casper. They they had all their their reasons why not and all this sort of stuff, you know. You, you can just see it was no use talking to them anymore. So, um, anyway, are they the only ones that can show us, the, you know, um, the sites? You know? Could be someone else that's not have a conflict. We should maybe think about that, you know? Maybe we have someone that doesn't have a conflict, you know, to, um, go show us and maybe have just the archaeologists show us, not all these other people to, you know, um, but unless they're scared to go out there, you know, 
scared of us, and we might do something. Or I don't know, what the heck. I didn't invite them all, you know. We didn't. We just showed up, and they all were there, and we were like, whoa, okay. Well, if you're just joining us, this is Pomo Perspective, and you're hearing Priscilla Hunter and Polly Gervin, elders of the Coyote Valley Band of Pomo Indians, uh, talking about a supposed scheduled meeting with Cal Fire or the California Department of Forestry mm-hmm. and a subcommittee of the tribe to go look at cultural sites in the Casper 500 logging plan, which Cal Fire slash California Department of Forestry canceled when they found out that some supporters were there to be part of a prayer circle. So what well, actually... Well they, well, they actually canceled on us mm-hmm. <clears throat> at that meeting. They're the ones decided, no, we're not going over there first. So if you want to talk about people canceling, they canceled on us first. And and Polly is, is not a... Elder of Coyote. She is the elder of Coyote Valley. Um, so I just want to make sure we've got that clear. Yep. Thank you. But she's also my partner, so. And a proud Chicano. <laughs> <laughs> well, and thank you both for, for anyway, being here. We, we um, got there, and it was so beautiful, I tell you. I was, I was like, Wow. We thought we were pulling up in front of the people that were con- opposing and and against the supporting ones, you know. We were like, oh, no, look at all these cars. Okay, you know, because we were coming up, pulling up, and it, it was about 100 people. And they met us. They had vegetables and different herbs and all different prayers and signs said support the Indians you know what give the land back right little kids holding signs that says this is Pomo land stand for Pomo rights these little boys I mean it was just very lovely and um, Yui sang a beautiful um Hawaiian prayer, which was, you know, it was really, she's, she's a great person. woman. Anyway, um, and then we, um, I told him what happened, and I was thinking about not, you know, going back, um, or going over there, um, it's not saying going back, is that they made their decision what they were going to do, we made ours. You know, so, you know, if, um, there, and I heard that Conway was, was saying that there was no big problem. All right, no big problem. You just canceled out on this guy. He probably thinks we canceled out. Right. That's, that's what consultation's all about. We get to decide what we want to do, too, not just the state. Or uh, not? They're not even the state forestry, you know. And and we're we want to we're we're doing consultation to consult with the state of California. So eventually, um, the governor and his um, 
staff is going to have to meet with us eventually, you know. We've been keeping them informed, so. But, but anyway, our uh, our prayer was beautiful, I tell you. I I stand there, and we'd, there's some pictures out there. I was I was just so pff, humble. I I was I had tears in my eyes, and mm-hmm. it was great. I mean, there, yeah. those supporters, and not only supporters of the tribe, but they're supporters of their families, their children, community. So it's not just of the tribe, so, um, but we're um, trying to keep a coalition going, so, and it's hard, you know, because everybody has their their thoughts and all that sort of stuff, but it ended up being a beautiful day, so, um, and, and uh, old Conway uh, hung up on Polly, yeah. He was got mad. I don't know why. I only told him what she'd expressed for me to say, which was we were very saddened by what had occurred that morning, and we wouldn't be able to continue on. And and upon that, I was hung up on. So he's not the only one um, he hung up on. Some other people too. Uh, Andy Wellspring, after he walked the forest with the then manager, Kevin Powers, who subsequently resigned, uh, Andy was very worried about the safety of people he saw in the forest and phoned in, and he was hung up on when phoning in on community safety concerns. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, so that ended up um, um, a beautiful day. And um, so we wanted to just, you know, have it that way. That was one of our main objectives was to have that prayer. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But anyway, I, I, so. Can I what? ask a quick question about about um, your experience with these consultations or these meetings with state agencies and, and government entities? Like, there's some level of cultural competency meeting with tribes right like it's not asking or welcoming them to participate in a prayer circle doesn't seem like some huge sin or some huge offense on the part of a tribe it seems like kind of something that a government agency might expect when they're communicating with tribal communities usually they do i told them that we had previously had a prayer circle with the fbi and so if the FBI could meet with us mm-hmm. in circle back at, in the day when we had to stand up to, against them, then I didn't see why they couldn't under the Indian Religious Freedom Act. And our tribal liaison didn't, um, you know, perform well. I hate to say that, but, I mean, he's a good person. He's Indian, too. And um, so it's... Um, you know, if, if you're the tribal liaison, you would think they would try to work it out, right? But we need a higher tribal liaison in the department. I wonder if they need some training, some cultural competency training or something. 
Well, we're really delighted that the department has hired recently, within the past three weeks, uh, Assistant Secretary for Tribal Affairs, who is right below Crowfoot at the top of the chain of command of the Natural Resource Agency, which is even superior in, in the hierarchy of management to CAL FIRE. They're the bosses, ultimately. Her name is Geneva Thompson. She worked with the Yurok tribe, and we think that she will have that competency, the cultural competency for sure. She's native and an attorney, and I, we believe that um, we have... We were formerly dealing with Helga Eng, who got re went to Alaska. The people keep shifting up on us, but we're really happy to have her at the table, and we're looking forward to a uh, stronger uh, interaction with the California Natural Resources Agency, given her presence. So the next section of government-to-government -government consultation will be with her present. Mm -hmm. So, um, so um, none of them called us that, that I'm aware of to say, well, what happened, you know? <laughs> so, um, I know they're probably putting the word out that we walked away from them, but right at the beginning there, they walked away from us. I mean, the reasons, you know, why they didn't want to do it was not, um, I, I don't, I was really mixed up on what the heck all those reasons were. First it was, we're not, we don't have enough time. But it's our tour. No, the, they're calling it a tour now, and I don't really care for that. It's like, you know, um, we were calling the on-site um, um, visit, right, or something like that. Inspection. But, yeah, so I don't know. I'm I'm like it's not a tour. Tour is everybody's all what happy, happy or Disneyland. what? Disneyland, Disneyland, right. pointing out all the sights and yeah, the beautiful trees. And well, can we get can we talk a little bit about this coalition that you mentioned, the Jackson's the coalition to save Jackson State, and you guys. Uh, are part of this coalition. One of the things that I've heard uh, proposed as part of the plans for Jackson State is some sort of tribal management for Jackson Demonstration State Forest. And I know you've been involved for many, many years in the Intertribal Sinkion Wilderness Council, and I wonder if, uh, if you can talk about what tribal management would look like and, and how um, that's part of the plan for this land. It looked beautiful one thing <laughs> dang straight better right. than what we got up there now definitely but um, this is an all um, it looked beautiful I'm telling you and um, the redwood trees will be able to grow and make our world a better world. And the critters can run around. 
Right. I, th- I think an essential part is also traditional environmental knowledge, which the caretakers of the land, the original peoples, have been here ten thousands at least years, uh, in a continual intimate relationship with the forest, the critters, the water. We do rely on scientists certainly to present our climate change and sequestration arguments, but there's also a heck of a lot to say with blending it with a knowledge that is ancestral and spirit-based. A lot of the scientists balk when I say, well, we're bringing spirit to the table, too, and a really strong connection to ancestors. That to them is, well, they're atheists, and that doesn't make sense. And, well, you know, look at that prayer circle. And if you were there and you had the opportunity to experience a beautiful healing that was just spontaneously occurring, that's the spirit. And uh, a movement needs that spirit vitality, just like the black movement in the South needed the prayers from the churches, the great strength of the black churches in the civil rights movement. We need our traditional leaders like Michael and Priscilla. When Michael says he wears the feathers when he comes to the table, he says that right at the bat. It means he has to walk, he's a dancer, and the feathers are the feathers of his dance skirt. And it means he has to walk in a certain way. And he walks as his mother has taught him, and his elder uncles and others, he walks with the spirit. So I just have to often say, yes, we are delighted to have a climate change PhD at the table with us. But I say that we are mostly delighted to have Priscilla and Michael as the forefront of our negotiations with the state because they are seasoned negotiators, having amended the state constitution to allow for Indian gaming, having conducted two statewide initiatives to allow for Indian gaming, and they're also a tribe that always puts sovereignty, their cultural heritage, at the forefront they being the only tribe that sued the state during their fight for gaming to say, you're going to give us slot machines, but you're asking to take away too much of our sovereignty. So I cannot think of there being in the North any better delegates for the representation of heritage and cultural issues. Yes. So does that answer that? Yes. Um, yes I no. mean, when you talk about traditional environmental knowledge, it just seems like uh, when colonizers are here and they're in charge of all of the environmental policy and uh, have done a pretty bad job of it, and we are teetering on the brink of mm-hmm. environmental collapse on, the, on a global scale, uh, and we're seeing permanent climate change and the loss of forests we're seeing uh, catastrophic, cataclysmic fires in our region and a drought that's historic. Uh, it seems like a vital ingredient that is missing here is the ancient tribal understanding of how to live on this land in a way that doesn't kill it. In balance. And so I wonder um, if, if how that would work in terms of tribal management of this land. Is it... Uh, and what your experience with the intertribal Sinkion Wilderness Council might tell you about how to make this happen. Well, right now, you know, intertribal is in the wilderness park. Park. 
So you know what that means. No commercial logging. Right. No, no commercial logging. No extraction. Mm -hmm. Thinning, or but any. no commercial extraction. Mm -hmm. Or any. I mean, there's certain... We have a conservation easement that protects it forever. So we agreed to that in a tribal when we were doing the conservation easement because we know people change over years and we want to make sure that it can't be changed. So we agreed to do a conservation easement. That we would be, be looking at that too for this mm -hmm. park. If there is co-management, we have to have a conservation easement mm -hmm. uh, to make sure there is no f future commercial logging. So right, that would on. be something that tribes experience at Sinkion. They've already done two. They're under forest management plans. They've already ex they have the expertise to pull this off. But anyway, um, talking about um, um, the air and all, all that, I want to throw a plug into um, this darn um, um, what do they call it. The, the burning tower out there in Calpella? Oh, the pellet plant for uh, which, oh my God, yes, go ahead. Just, yeah, because you go out there, and this is what I want to announce, it's, it's just terrible. I mean, they have stacks and stacks of pellets out there. You go, that whole area is filled with stacks and bags. And they're burning right now. And they were burning when they had all the smoke here. They're burning, and you know what the uh, county said, or planning, or whoever they are, right? Um, they said um, they couldn't stop it because they had a permit to burn. Now, how come they can burn and we can't burn? I mean, we agree not to burn. That's the thing. You know, but they're still burning out there. And could you imagine, I mean, they had a fire down at that, the lumber company down by town not too long ago. Could you imagine if that caught on fire? It would all burn up. I'm telling you. All those log piles? Mm-hmm. No, the the sawdust. Oh and yeah, the pellet. They have big piles of sawdust, let alone just the bagged product. And I heard it can self-combust like a compost pile. We're afraid of our fire safety from that plant. Yeah, and I go let by and air I see it burning. Now they say they have a permit to burn. Well, oh, how come? How could what kind of? I mean. Doesn't a fire department have to they put a thing saying no burning, right? Or what? The state says no burning, but yet they're still burning all night. I mean, we've just got a lot, you know, tired of dealing with the democracy <laughs> and all this stuff. So we're like, oh my God. But we still, it totally bothers us. Um, but it's like, they do what they want to do. It's just like the um, 
um, ordinance and all that sort of stuff regarding the marijuana issues. You know, I mean, they should that plant should have to if they can go back and make the county um, change their order and a petition um, to do an EIR or a study. They, we should be able to do that with that with that. Um, um, I can't remember the burning the pellet plant. Pellet plant. Why can't we do it to that? I mean, come on! It's it's. I mean, is it's not good for our air. But you know, I'm. There weren't even any public hearings on this plant, let alone an EIR uh, process, which we would have demanded alternative sites. And the zoning ordinance has been so crafted to allow them to put this industrial pollutant right smack dab in the neighborhood of a residential uh, area and agricultural area and in very close proximity to a health clinic and two school public say well there's just indians around there anyway and mexicans right? yeah but mostly in mostly mexicans anyway. and trailer parks and indians and anyway we it was a logging industry got this little special sweetheart deal back in the day they ran the country they they pretty much ran the county and that's when these zoning ordinances still were are, crafted. It, like. it seems sometimes they really still are. But the burgeoning coalition that we're working with is very inspiring. It has academics. It has oh, working class has. members of the coast. And it has children. It has loving f defenders of the forest right out there. Uh, talking down the the, the, the loggers uh, to stop. Mm -hmm. And there is a spirit that pervades this movement that I think is um, it's going to work. I, I do believe we're going to win. Anyway, um, July 31st is the um, fundraiser over in Fort Bragg, uh, Casper, right? uh, wait, no, the no. Casper Community Center, and it will be to fund the coalition. There's now a new website, savejacksonforest.org. You'll see the tribal perspective up there as well as coastal community members' concerns. And we are forging a broader coalition. We're going statewide. And on social media, we're going international. So we have really good people that can assist us with these skills of getting the word out. But it's hard keeping a coalition together, let me say. We're old time at this. PC and I have often been the only brown women in the environmental movements of the North. And it's just such a delight to see that there, at least in the Earth First Coalition, the young people coming in from all racial groups, uh, there's a great deal of gender fluidity. Uh, it's just a great group of young people coming at us now with considerable social media skills and a lot of courage. Thank you, young warriors. Every yeah, single one of you, even one. down to Oliver, uh, Chad's little boy, the brilliant Oliver. Thank you for your lovely sign, staying stand for Pomo rights. Right on, young warrior. All right, so do um, we want to phone calls? No. Sure. Oh, um, well, I, I found the flyer for the Casper Forest Fest, okay. which is the, um, the event, the benefit for the uh, Save Jackson State 
coalition and it is saturday july 31st it says from one till done so there's going to be a lot of boogie. Get ready. I heard there's going to be some good dancing going down. Yeah, well, there's live music with Alice DiMaselli and Diane Patterson, which is a rare treat to get to see Alice. She's up in Medford, so she's going to come down for it. Lovely. And Diane, of course, is one of our local Shiro musicians, so we get to hear her And you better live. bring your guitar, too, Alicia. I Get some back uh, on some of those Albion Nation songs. <laughs> I, that might happen. Good. That'd be lovely. <laughs> that would be fun. Um, and Priscilla will be speaking. Chad Hansen, who's a wildfire ecologist. Ignacio Chapella, a microbiologist and mycologist. Sarah Rose, who's a youth forest and climate activist. Vince Taylor, who is the founder of the first campaign to restore Jackson. And Ted Williams will be there as well. Plus, I think they're still working on their lineup, so there'll be probably more. But music speakers food at the casper community center starting at one o'clock on july 31st so that's a way that people can come and find out more about what's going on out there and meet people who are involved in the coalition and have some fun yeah that too yeah emma goldman said don't invite me to a revolution in which i cannot dance i i agree yeah, or pray. Or pray, of course. Or do both. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I still, the story of what happened on Tuesday with, with Cal Fire slash the California Department of Forestry pulling out of that meeting because of a prayer circle, just, I think we'll be thinking about that. The repercussions of that will be uh, long-lasting, I think. I don't understand why that would be something that would stop a meeting with, with the tribe or with tribal members so um and this is pomo perspective i'm alicia bales live in the ukiah studio with priscilla hunter elder of the coyote valley band of pomo indians and polly gervin longtime environmental and social justice and racial justice attorney um we've just got eight minutes left before the top of the hour and the show wraps up so anything else that you want to cover that we haven't uh, mentioned yet or would you like to open the the phone lines for callers go ahead open it up if they want to is now active. you just have to press a very noisy button to make that happen but the phone lines are now open it's 895-2448 if you've been listening to this conversation and you want to to join in we do have a caller so let's take our first call hello caller you're live on the air hi this is peter uh, I really want to thank you for your show on uh, the environment um, and climate action. And uh, I was hoping to uh, let you know about something coming up Maybe your listeners be interested in as well. On August 3rd, um, the Board of Supervisors is going to be considering a action to set up a green fund in the county budget to fund uh, actions to uh, mitigate climate change in Mendocino County, uh, solar on public buildings, uh, electrification of the Mendocino uh, Transit Authority bus fleet, uh, and uh, the access uh, uh, to uh, electric chargers uh, for people who use electric vehicles in the county. And uh, it's, a, it's a big deal going to put us on the map in uh, forging leadership on climate action, and I just thought it was something that folks ought to be aware of. Yeah, we're aware of it. Yeah, well, thanks for that, and I just want to let you know, too, that we'll be doing a, 
a program uh, on that upcoming agenda item at the Board of Supervisors on August 2nd, that Monday before the Tuesday meeting. Dan Jurdy, supervisor from the 4th District, and several people involved in that effort are, are going to come on the air and talk about that in depth the day before. So thanks for that call. We've got a bunch of callers, so let's take our next call. Hello, caller. You are live on the air. Thank you, ma'am. I am extremely grateful for these beautiful voices of these strong women. Um, the climate change issue is very dear to my heart, and I really appreciate the voices speaking out about it in our community. So thank you. All right. Thanks for the call. You're welcome. Hello, caller. You are live on the air. Hi. I just want to thank you for this show. And this is Redwood Mary. I wanted to highlight something about Ignacio Chapella, who's going to be a speaker at the uh, Casper event. He was a scientist that was under attack. If you remember, he wrote a paper in Nature magazine, uh, co-wrote a paper about the flow of transgenes into the wild corn in Oaxaca, Mexico. Mm -hmm. He was initially denied tenure at UC Berkeley, and there was a lot of um, student uprising and faculty that really fought against that. And he also worked a lot with uh, a lot of us who were working on Save the Oaks campaign. So I just want to raise up uh, this man for the courage he had and do come to hear him as well as our other local warriors uh, and support this effort at Jackson demonstration state forest to bring it back to the, uh, the uh, Pomo people. Thank you. Oh. All right. Thank you. I did not know that. I'm so intrigued. I mean, I saw microbiologist and mycologist, and that already made me really interested. But now to hear that there's this whole other chapter, um, I'm so glad that that there's an event that people can actually go to. You know, it's been so long that we've been so separated from each other because of the pandemic. It's kind of really? exciting to really? to gather again. So it's 895-2448. This is Pomo Perspective in the studio with Priscilla Hunter and Polly Gervin. 895-2448 is the number to call. And we've just got about four minutes left. So um, I would like to um, say that we're just very thankful for the direct action frontline people who have literally with their bodies kept these trees standing and we hope to represent them with courage and dignity to the same degree that they've illustrated. Um, just really, just really um, thank you and, and, and a lot of appreciation. Um, I know some of these ladies, I was with them, you know, over 20 years ago with Alicia too, in Enchanted Meadow, um, where the coastal community stood up and um, that coastal community, once they're determined from village to village, the innkeepers, the fire the volunteers, the local school teachers, once they speak, um, they speak so sincerely and so strong that I, too, am encouraged by our ability to win this one. And we have to say right now, hats off to the front line and... Um, 
the courage you you've you've stood with um you've saved the trees and so thank you very much all right thank you and on that note Let's wrap up the show, this month's Pomo Perspective. Um, I'm Alicia Bales here live in the Ukiah studio with Priscilla Hunter, Pomo uh, elder of the Coyote Valley Band of Pomo Indians, and Polly Gervin, who is a longtime civil and envi environmental rights activist and attorney. Thank you so much for coming on today to, to get us up to date about what's going on with your work and with Jackson State. All right. All right, people. Adelante, la lucha sigue. And we will see you on July 31st in Casper. And now let's go out with a little bit of Buffy St. Marie. All right. Thanks for listening. This has been a production of KZYX Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ Willitson Ukiah 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM, Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. You can check out our website at kzyx.org to find more content like this and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thanks for listening. For our brothers and sisters.